Good to be in church. Amen, everybody. Hot outside. Good to have air conditioning. Amen. We're in a, a series called Hearing God, and as Art said a moment ago, I can't think of a better thing uh, uh, that we need to, to do in this generation. There's a lot of voices going on. There's lots of, of course, media noise. Uh, there's voices from culture that a lot of us are uh, kids and all kinds of people, all of us, are, are succumbed to hearing. Uh, there's voices uh, in the world. There's voices, again, in culture. There's voices on social media. There's voices uh, at the office. There's all kinds of things that are trying to vie for our attention and trying to uh, give us to lean into whatever it or they are saying. Uh, there, there's the voice of the world system we know from Scripture. There's the voice of the devil himself that will try to come to you and try to get you off course, try to take the bait, like someone wrote a book called The Bait of Satan, comes by and mainly the, uh, a voice that tries to lead you down a path. Maybe that's the wrong path, as we find out in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve, the voice and the, the person of the devil himself, the serpent, leading them down a way that was not productive in the long run, which we know is to be true. Uh, the voice of our, of our flesh will even talk to us. The voice of desire that's maybe not the desire of God. The vo come on, the, the voice of our past trying to talk to us in the present today. So what we want to do in this series, again, is, is just unpack uh, and, and make it as plainly as we can that the voice we need to listen to, of course, we've talked about the last couple weeks, is that we need to listen to the voice of the Word of God. The Word of God is God's voice. We talked about a couple weeks ago that the Word of God is God's wisdom from the book of Proverbs. We know as parents we need to teach our kids the wisdom of God, which is the Word of God that will then cause them to, their life to be steered in a way of productivity, uh, keep them from certain things. We found out that the Word, which is the wisdom of God, which is the voice of God, is for preventative medicine, if you will. It'll keep us from a life of destruction, a life of fear, a life of worry, a life of even neglecting uh, God and relationship, uh, the purpose for our own life. We need to hear the voice of God. Number one, we've been talking about it. The voice of God is the word of God. When we read the word of God, we begin, our, our, the, the, the ear of our heart, like we talked about, begins being sensitive and hearing even in specific directions of our life that we'll eventually get to concerning what do I need to do when I'm listening to the written word of God and I'm beginning to hear how God speaks, how God thinks, what God likes, what God doesn't like. I can see it in the word of God. I begin adjusting my life to it. I begin renewing my mind to it. It, and all of a sudden, I start hearing God more and more in every aspect of my life. As a dad, as a mom, as a husband, as a businessman, and for my future, with my past, I begin hearing God because I'm listening and reading and meditating and thinking about the written word of God. So the question for you today, forgive me for maybe pinning your ears a little bit, is did you listen to God last week? Meaning... Did you read the word last week? If his word is his wisdom, if his word is his voice, did you get close to him last week? If not, shake yourself and say, Whew, I need to get into word this week so I can hear God's voice, so I can receive God's wisdom, so God can lead me down a path of productivity. Can you say amen? amen. Or like the preacher said, say, oh me. Come on, somebody. 
We looked at the, the last week and maybe the week before, I can't remember, I think it was this last week, we, we looked at the, the, the parable of the sower where Jesus talked about the power of the word of God, the voice of God, the wisdom of God. The, the, the word is seed. And we found out that the, the seed of the word needs to be sown and it always is sown in the soil of our heart. Our hearts, the innermost part of our being, not our pumping heart, but the innermost part of our being, will receive the seed of the word continually. We found out those four types of soil all heard the word of God. The seed of the word reached the heart of all four types of soil. The first type of soil was hardened. It was a well-worn path. The seed hit it. But then all of a sudden, the birds came in and took it away. Then others, the Bible says, that had, had some difficulty, had some challenges, had some trouble, had some rising inflation, had some crazy prices, had some crazy government things going on and war in Ukraine. And, and all of a sudden, there's all kind of trouble going on for that person. And, and the seed that was sown got taken away. And, and the third type of soil, the Bible says the seed came into their heart. It, it all went into their heart. So let me just stop here for a minute. I was thinking about this praying this morning. I don't know if I've told you that this or not. All words are seeds. The seed of the word of God is the capital S, Jesus seed, that he is the living word of God. When, when he is sown in your heart through salvation and your ears are open to the written word of God, the seed of the word of God will begin germinating in your life. But, but let's just stop and pump the brakes for a second. All words are seeds. And all words have the potential to reach your heart and produce or reproduce whatever that person or that seed's intention for you. If all your life you hear you're a loser, you're a dummy, you're never going to amount to anything, those seeds will find root in your heart and you will begin producing a life of a big dummy of a loser, of I can't get enough, of a negative person, of a, a judgmental person, whatever it is. All words are seed. Now, now the, 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 the power of the written word, thank God, is that the written word will overcome any other word that's spoken in your life. Come on, everybody. We, we, so we need to continually eat and digest and remind ourselves and renew our minds to what the word of God says. So we talked about these, these different types of soils last week so that we can begin understanding the power of the written word of God, which is the voice of God, which will produce the wisdom of God in every area of your life. But Jesus just didn't stop when he told that parable. He wanted a couple more verses, and I want to hang on to this uh, this morning, and, and then we're going to get some new stuff. And so just stay for the ride this morning. Is that all right, everybody? Are we all right? Are we, are we all right so far? Come on, y'all a little bit quiet, but come on, just, 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 just come on, just lean back in the car. The air conditioning is on. Come on, we have some good music. So come on, we're in for the ride this morning. All right, here we go. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Right after that parable that we just talked about, the four types of soil and all that, and the seed is the word of God. Here's what Jesus said. Then he says to them, after what he just said with those four types of soil, take heed what you hear. Listen very carefully. Pay attention to what you hear. With the same measure you use, it's going to be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given you. 
In other words, Jesus is saying, here's a warning. You need to take heed what you're hearing because what you hear has the power to affect your life or what you hear has the power to infect your life. What you hear has the power to influence your life. What you hear has the power to direct or redirect your life. We've all directed our kids to go to school in a certain way and, and had a certain attitude and we kissed them and we left them off and they had a lunchbox and then when they came home from school, they were redirected in a different way when they came back home into the house. Something happened. Somebody said something. Something, something crazy went on and they heard a word that we didn't give them, but it was trying to enter into their heart in the matter of eight hours. It happens to all of us. And so we need to take heed to what we are hearing because what we are hearing has the ability, wow, to produce and reproduce in our life positively or negatively. Amen, everybody? So take heed. Then he says in verse 25, check it out, verse 25. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Whoever has, whoever has something right now, just because you have something right now doesn't mean you're always going to have it. If, if you have something and you continually digest and you continually water the seed and you continually position yourself to have ears to hear and you're continually taking heed to the warning concerning what Jesus is saying and the word of God is now settling in your heart and it's beginning to germinate and taking root, he says more will be given you. But he's warning us and Jesus is telling us that when you hear, when you perceive, when you recognize, when, when you comprehend the truth, more will be given you. Not the casual hearer, not the casual hearer, not the person who's like me at the doctor's office or something. I don't even think they do this anymore, but they used to have magazines at the doctor's office and you'd scroll through a magazine and you're, you're licking. Come on, you can't even lick pages anymore because you might, come on, you know. And all that. And so you're just scrolling. You're just kind of wasting time. You're not really reading articles. You're just looking at pictures. We cannot hear the word of God like I used to study in school. Pictures, chapters, just looking at big, big words. No, no, we got to get in it, and it's got to take root in our heart where we can begin hearing God in all the particulars of life. Can somebody say amen? Wow. Let me read this to you from the Passion Translation. It's a different translation, but again, it breaks it down to some different words I like. Here's what it says in Mark 4, verse 24. He says, then he said to them, be diligent. This is what we have to do. Be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear. Hmm. For as you do, do you know that everything now in politics and everything that we hear, government and everything, and I'm not anti-government, I'm not some conspiracy theory, but everything you hear, it just might not be true. Huh? Everything on Facebook isn't thus saith the Lord, by the way. Come on, somebody, poke your neighbor and say, that's the word of the Lord for you this morning. Might set you free. That's gospel. No, that's Facebook. That's an algorithm. I mean, it's crazy now, isn't it? You go searching for something online. I was searching for something, did a Google search on something online. All of a sudden, the ad popped up on my YouTube. And then it popped up on my Instagram. And then all of a sudden, I started getting something on Facebook. Next thing you know, I'm on eBay trying to buy something. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so... You, 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 we we got to be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything that we're hearing. 
from the word of God, but life in general too. For as you do, he says, from the word of God, more understanding will be given you. If you're stuck in your relationship with God, I can tell you how to get unstuck. Dig deeper and be diligent to know what the word says. And you're going to start understanding and hearing stuff in a new light. Can you say amen? Read verse 25. Look what it says. And according to the depth of your longing to understand, much more will be added to you. Much more. According to the depth of understanding. I think we got one more. Look at this. Verse 25. For those who listen to, listen with open hearts. We talked about that the word of God has got to get to your heart. Depth. Not your head. Not your emotions. I feel God. Good. I'm glad you felt God. But did the word get in your heart? Did it get in your heart? For those who listen with an open heart will receive more revelation. More, the secret will be un unveiled. The mystery will be opened. But those who don't listen with open hearts will lose what little they think they have. So our capacity to hear and our capacity to receive, our capacity to grow, our capacity to know God, to hear God, is up to us. It's not up to the preacher. It's not up to the worship team. It's not up to anybody else. It's up to us. And so if you are at a place in your life that you just say, I'm hungry for God, he will speak to you. Not from a different room. He will ask you, come to me. Come to me, all you that are weary or laden, burdened down by the stress of life, and I'm going to give you some rest. Rest comes from his presence. His presence comes from understanding his word. Amen. James 1 says this. James 1.21, I love it. James says that we receive with meekness the implanted word that is now able to save our souls. The admonition to James, the brother of the Lord, the, 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 he tells us in his book, you, 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 you go ahead and receive with meekness. Go ahead and humble yourself. Uh, uh, re receive the word. Lower yourself so, so, so that you can, you can receive this word. That, that it must now be implanted, implanted in your heart. Receive, lower yourself to receive this implanted word, implanted word, which will save your soul. It will deliver you. The, the word save is an amazing word. Uh, it means to save and to restore and to heal and to deliver and, and to preserve you. And it will keep you from danger. Hence, we talked about wisdom, the word of God, but it's got to be implanted. It's got to be guarded, what we talked about. It's got to be protected. The cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things are going to try to enter in and choke out that word. Pressure and stress and things not going my way and too much activity and all. I, I got to slow down. I got, I got to give credit, uh, uh, credence and I've got to give time to the word of God. I've got to give time to be able to just get alone, be quiet, and hear from God through the written word and through words he's going to speak and talk to me. So I've got, I've got, to, I've got to lower myself. I've got to say this has got to be priority in my life. Not, not, just, not just for a second, 
but, but, but for the rest of my life, whether I'm a teenager or whether I'm a young adult or whether I'm a senior citizen, I, I got to keep hearing the word of God. And, and here's what I have found from, from us positioning ourselves is that when, when we respond to the truth, listen, when we respond to the truth, you're going to be strengthened by the truth. We, we respond to the truth. We, we hear the word of God. Our, our hearts are growing. They're, they're enlarging. The word is being implanted, and it's, it's taking more and more a precedence in our life. And, and we start seeing ourselves more peaceful, more loving, more forgiving, more joyful, uh, more long-suffering with people. The word of God is working in our life, and it's bearing fruit like we talked last week, 30, 60, 100-fold. And, and we're, not, we're not just satisfied because if we hear more revelation, will be given how God can use us more and more. We can be used by God more and more, whether it's in healing or in evangelism or whatever it is, the gift and talent in our life. It can grow and it can mature and it can be developed as we keep having ears to hear what God is saying. So we're responding to the truth and then we're going to be strengthened by that truth so that we will be like you read in the book of Psalms. We'll be like a tree planted by rivers of living water that even if it's hot, we're still going to be bearing fruit. Come on, everybody. Our leaf will not wither. We're going to be bearing fruit in old age. Come on, old people. Shout amen. I didn't think, I didn't think anybody's going to shout out there. Like, I ain't shouting. I ain't old. Come on. So, so, so where we've been the last three weeks is that we, we, we've been studying that the main way we hear God is by reading the Bible. We, we renew our minds to the word uh, that's been sown in our hearts. We start thinking in line with God, and, and, and we start having a, we talked about a God-listening heart. That's what, that's, what, uh, that's what the king prayed, right? Solomon prayed, God, give me a God-listening heart that I can lead these people. Uh, give me a God-listening heart. Give me a discerning heart. Lord, I want to I wanna hear you. I want to know you. But, but now, here's where we're going to, we're just going to tiptoe in it because we can't get in on there this morning for the sake of time. And we'll pick it up again next week. That's what, thank God for a series. But, but what do you do? Here's the question. Again, this whole series started because I've been asked my whole ministry life, you know, been, been in the ministry for 37 years. People all the time come up to me and ask or, or say, I can't hear God. God doesn't talk to me. And so that, that's hence the series. So my response always is, are you reading the word? And nine times out of 10, no. Well, you big dummy, you're not going to hear God unless you read the word. <laughs> big dummy in love, right? Come on, just, you know. <laughs> that's just a good word, big dummy. I love that word. This is a great word. Just, just carries a lot of weight without really offensive, you know, just... <laughs> But, but, what, what do you, but here's the deal. What, what do we do with the specifics of life that the Bible doesn't say? Nowhere in the Bible does it say the specifics, such as who should I date? Who do I marry? Uh, 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 what career choice do I choose? Where do I go to college? Um, uh, what gift and talent is, is in my life? Uh, um, what, what friends should I hang with? What, where should I go to church? What area should I serve in? Um, how do we know that? How do we hear that? It's not in Genesis. It's not in the book of John. None of that is. Does God just leave us hanging? Does he just leave us out there and go, y'all figure that on your own? And I've heard this. 
I've heard this before. You just do whatever you want to do and God will bless you. Because the Bible says, which it does say this, God will bless the works of your hands. Can I tell you something? You cannot cherry pick that scripture up and take it and put it over here and it fit in every area of your life. You will train wreck your life. You'll train wreck your life. You can't do it. God will bless every work of your hands when he's leading you to do that work. That's where the blessing comes. So, how are we going to hear God? So the question then would be asked, a lot of questions, is God going to talk to me audibly? Is that how I'm going to hear God? Like you're hearing my voice? The answer to that is no. Now, before we get into this, and I'm going to leave you hanging because you got to come back next week. Before we answer that completely, here's what we have to do. We have to go back to the Old Testament, and we got to see for a minute what God did and where we are now. Does that sound all right, everybody? Yes. All right, because wh whether it sounds all right or not, that's what we're going to do, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little cheeky this morning. Sorry, you know, I'm just a little, sorry. <laughs> uh, so, so we're going to look at how God led his people in the Old Testament. Uh, uh, now, now, let me just pump the brakes one more time. Listen, we are not living in the Old Testament. We are, come on, help me out. We are living in the... Uh, what's another word for testament? Anybody know? New covenant. Come on, say covenant. It's an agreement. That agreement that we live in now has been ratified, sealed, delivered by the blood of Jesus. Not by the blood of animals and goats and all that stuff that we see being sacrificed in the Old Testament. Jesus now is the perfect one time for all time sacrifice for our sins. Come on, somebody say amen. That'd be a good place to praise the Lord right there. Because here's what Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 says. Let's just jump in a couple verses here. Hebrews 8 verse 6. It says, but now he, he meaning Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he also is a mediator or a go-between for us of a better covenant which has been established on better promises. Notice now because we have been saved because because of Calvary 2,000 years ago, because of Jesus becoming our sin substitute and giving us right standing with God, now we have a better covenant which is established on better promises. Come on, one more time, say it with me. A better covenant established on better, come on, one more time. A better covenant established on So we can't go back to the old covenant and say, do it like that if we've got something better. So what part of this better fits with how we're going to hear God? We're going to get to in a minute. Look at verse 9 and 10. This covenant, this new covenant, not old covenant, this new covenant of this dispensation, since Jesus has now gone to the cross, since he now is your sin substitute, this new covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors in the old covenant. God talking. When I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, Moses and the whole exodus, they did not remain faithful to my covenant, 
So I turned my back on them, says the Lord. Look at verse 10. But this is the new covenant. Come on, yell new covenant. I'm going to make with the people of Israel on that day. This is going to happen with the people who decide to follow me. This is going to happen after Jesus goes to the cross. This is the book of Hebrews, by the way, that the writer of Hebrews is writing to a Jewish audience, telling them, y'all are still worshiping and sacrificing and doing all that stuff. Y'all, that's gone away. Jesus came and ratified all that. Jesus came and rectified all that. Jesus is the substitute now. You don't have to do that. So he's specifically talking to a Jewish audience. We get to be part of that, though. So he says, this is the new covenant I'm going to make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. Hmm. And I will write them on their, come on, say it, hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. I led them by the hand and I took them out in the old way. But a new way has come now. I'm not going to take them by the hand and lead them out. I'm going to take the word of God through the person of Jesus, who is the seed of God, who is the living word of God. And when anyone makes Jesus the Lord of their life, him and his nature is going to reside in them by the person and power of the Holy Spirit and no longer will I speak to them from the outside. I'm going to lead them from the inside. Verse 13. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means he has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and will soon disappear. Here's where Christians get messed up. We are in a new way, in a new place, in a new era, trying to hear God in an old way. And God says, y'all need to come over here. I'm in a different room. The first one is obsolete. It's out of date. It's going to disappear. God now has another way of communicating with his people. Now God says, my will, my purpose, my plan, my direction for your life, I am going to put in your heart. As you respond to my written word, your heart's going to be directed your mind is going to be renewed. I'm going to put my covenant with the people. My law is going to be in their mind. I'm going to write my will on their heart. This is how we're going to hear God. In the Old Testament, we see that God would lead the people of Israel through three men. The prophet, the priest, and the king. These were the only three anointed offices where Israel could hear God's direction. Listen to me. Let's say it here. This is going to sound egotistical, but forgive me. If this was then, 
I'm the only person in the room, so to speak, since I'm a pastor, that could hear God. You couldn't hear God. If you wanted to hear God, if you wanted to know God, you had to come to me. I'm the one that would give you what God's saying. In the Old Testament, they needed somebody to hear God for them. We have stories that God would, because of his grace, would jump down and talk to somebody, whether it's, you know, Rahab the heart, well, you know, all kind of people that God would deal with and talk to. But over a generality, God's anointing for leading the people was coming through the prophet, the priest, and the king. So real quick, look on the screen real quick. The prophet was God's spokesman. The prophet would teach and declare to them the will of God. This is Moses. This is Jeremiah. This is Samuel. Then we find that the priest was the go-between. The priest was the go-between offering sacrifices to God in behalf of the people, such as Ezra, the priest. Ezra would also teach what God was saying as well. Uh, then we've got the king, such as David, that fulfilled God's mandate of conquest and national rulership, bringing the authority of God. But listen to me, in the New Testament, come on, let me say the New Testament. In the New Testament, that all changed. A new order of, or a new way God would communicate began. No longer in the New Testament, listen to me, um, I don't got to go to a priest to tell them or ask them to forgive me to my God. I don't have to go to somebody and say, I need you to hear God for me. No. I don't need to even in the New Testament have you, this is going to sound crazy, forgive me for just going there, I don't need to have you to pray for me. We should pray for one another. But if I'm not praying for me as a believer, my prayers are going to be, or, or, or the, the answer is going to be a little bit limited. God wants personal responsibility. Uh, come on. Uh, 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 yeah, we'll get to that next week maybe. It all changed. A new order, a new way has come now. Uh, not the prophet, not the priest, not the king. God now is going to talk to all of us. The word of God, he's not going to lead us by the hand. He's not going to draw us out. He's not going to draw us that way. He's going to take his word and he's going to take the word of God through the person of Jesus Christ revealed by the Holy Spirit inside us that now the word is going to be in our heart. It's going to grow. My mind is going to be renewed to what that word of God says and God's going to give me direction in my life. Uh, in the Old Testament, look, look, God in the Old Testament led Israel with, with, with a cloud, with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He led them that way. Remember? They, had, they followed the cloud. The Bible says, Mo Moses said, you know, uh, wherever the cloud goes, we're going to go. If it, went, if it went for weeks, they'd follow every single day. When it stopped, we stopped. That's how God led them. D didn't write it down. It wasn't in any, you know, in any tablet. It was the leading of God. That's how God led them. That's how God gave them the, the voice of God to lead them that way. But, but listen to me. Look, look at this now. God led them externally. God led them externally. He now leads us internally. Here's where Christians get all jacked up. We're wanting God to speak something from the outside when God says that is outdated and that is done and I'm not doing that anymore. 
Give me a sign, Lord. When I go home and all the lights are green on Telegraph Canyon Road, I'll know you answered my prayer. <laughs> Give me a sign, Lord, if Pastor Gary says tacos on a Sunday, I know I'm supposed to have tacos for lunch. That could be a sign, but probably not. So let's just tiptoe here. Listen, we, we, we might be just a second longer today. We're, we're, we're going to cruise down. We're, we're winding down, but let me just give you this. A couple different thoughts here before we close. Um, in Proverbs 16.33, check it out. This is a New Century version. Check it out. You might have read this and go, well, I've read that in the book of Proverbs. What's that mean? People throw lots. Here's different translations. Dice, sticks, or coins to make a decision. But the answer comes from the Lord. What they would do in the Old Testament is that we find this in a couple different uh, examples. Is that God allowed people to cast lots, dice, sticks, different, different size sticks. Like, you know, you, know, you, you, pick, you know, hold them in your hand like a kid and you pick the, whoever got the tallest stick. They, they could do whatever they wanted to do. And there's short sticks and tall sticks. It, it's what he's talking about. They would cast lots. And God would allow that for the decision that would be yes or decision that would be no. We see this for you all that have read over in the book of Jonah. You remember the story if you've read it. When Jonah was running from God and he's on that boat and there's a storm whipping up all over the place, the sailors looking around going, who ticked off God? And guess what they did? They cast lots. They threw down coins. Doesn't say what. They threw down sticks. Doesn't say what. They, they threw down uh, uh, they, there's lots. Dice. And guess what it came up to? Jonah's the problem. And guess what? Jonah was the problem. They threw Jonah over. And guess what? Calm. God allowed it. Now listen to me. If you grab some dice today, if you grab a stick today, if you get a coin today and go, heads, God wants me to marry him, tails, God says no. You are going to train wreck your life. We don't do that. We don't do that. So let's start winding down. We doing all right, everybody? Come on, we doing all right? Help a preacher out, okay. So what we want to do while we're closing, is I want to talk to you about a couple scriptures from the book of Gideon. It's from the book of Judges. I, I said the book of Gideon. That's not a Bible book. Sorry. It's not a Bible book. It's, uh, it's Gideon from the book of Judges. Uh, before he went to fight the Midianites. So, so let's look at this. Uh, uh, God came to Gideon when he was hiding. Some of y'all remember that. The Midianites came in, pillaged the land, took all kinds of stuff. And, and, and he's hiding. And God came to Gideon. It says the angel of the Lord. Now, now whether you, uh, I, I, have, I have fought back, people fought me over this over different, oh, different seasons in, in my ministry life. And I've heard different people say different things. I personally believe the capital A, angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is Jesus in the Old Testament. I, I believe that. It wasn't an angel, it's not Gabriel, it's not Michael, it's, it's Jesus as a captain, the host of the armies of heaven. He just kind of comes down in a form that, that, that people can see. Well, this angel starts talking to Gideon. 
And here's what the angel says in chapter 6, verse 16. The Lord says to him, after he tells him all this stuff, he says, I can't go. I'm the weakest person. Uh, The the Midianites are too many. I I can't do it. God says to him, I will be with you. Will you read those five words with me? I will be with you. Well, come on, one more time. I will be with you. And what's he saying? And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Man, it looks like this army's out there and this army's, that's, that's pillaged the land, that's stolen everything. Listen, here's what I'm telling you, Gideon. Gideon, buddy, buckle up. Because it's going to be like you fighting one man, even though there's thousands. Why? I'm going to be with you. And come on, all the church, all the people went, rah, yeah. It's like Braveheart. Ah! <laughs> come on, everybody. If you were there, you read it. Wouldn't you? Like, yes, I got a word from God. I've been praying. God gave me a word. Oh, he did? Okay, let's keep reading. Verse 17, check it out. Gideon replied, if, 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 what do you mean if? I, I thought you just said, I, I am. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to be with you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to be, you're going to destroy the Midianites. If you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it's really the Lord speaking to me. Hmm. Show me a sign. If you really want me to do this, show me a sign. Listen to me. What God allowed then, he doesn't allow now. God's not giving you a sign. He's not giving you a sign. He's giving you a word and a knowing in your heart. It's better than a sign. That was then, that's outdated, that's when he led them by the hand, that's when he drug them out. Now I'm going to take my word, it's going to be in your heart, and your mind is going to be renewed to it. And you're going to know exactly what to do with the particulars of life. If you're truly with me, show me a sign. Wow, look at the next verse. Gideon said, if you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, if you are, if you are, are you really going to do it? Are you really going to do it? Then then, then prove it to me this way. Prove it to me this way. (laughs) Prove it to me. I'm going to put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. I'm going to put a rug out there. If the fleece, if the rug is wet with dew from the morning, but the ground around it is dry, I'm going to know that you're going to help me and rescue me. I'm going to take this rug, I'm going to put it outside, and if the rug is wet, but all the ground is dry, I'm going to go, praise the Lord, you talk to me. Right? Come on, praise the Lord, you talk to me. How many know if you get a sign, what I found is that sign's never enough. Verse 38. And that is just what happened. God said, okay, Gideon, I'm going to front you that one, baby. I'm going to do what you asked. 
when Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece, the rug, and he wrung out the whole bowl full of water, just like God said. Wow. Then Gideon said, oh, oh God, oh God, please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. I'm just not so sure. I asked for a sign. I came to church service, and, and, and I, I sensed your presence. But you know, Lord, uh, when I go outside, have somebody prophesy to me. Lord, I was, I, I, I was worried, and I was confused. And, and I, I know you're not supposed to, but I did that thing where you just opened up your Bible, and you went. And my Lord, my God, that was a word for me. But if you're not careful, you keep wanting a sign. And God says, that's outdated. I'm not doing that. But let me make mo one more request. Let, 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 let me use the fleece for one more test. Wow. This time, let the fleece remain dry <laughs> while all the ground's wet. Incredible. So that night, man, well, listen, th this is the God we serve. L look, look how tolerant and how long-suffering he is with all of us, knuckleheads. So God did what Gideon asked for. The fleece was dry, the rug was dry, but there was dew all over the ground. Man. And God told the brother, come on, man. Let's go. Let's go. Listen. That was then. This is now. God had external signs in the Old Testament. God's got internal leading in the New Testament. We don't follow signs. We don't need signs. We have something better. It's called God's Word and His voice in our hearts and our minds are being renewed and God's going to start directing us. He's going to start steering us. When we ask Him, we'll find out next week, should I do this? How am I going to hear that? How, what, how, how does it happen? We'll try to break it down next week so you can understand that. So you got to come back. So what do we find out? In the last couple weeks already, three weeks. We find out, and we have found out, when I read God's word with an open heart, open heart, I'm going to hear God's voice. So this, listen, this week, this week, read God's word. Read God's word. We found out that we got a better covenant than they do in the Old Testament. So when I, I can't look back and go, they had it so much better than us. No, 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 no. They had it worse than us. I, I've got, I would have to go to the prophet, the priest, and the king to have direction. I don't need to do that. I've got direction. I got, I got, a, I got Google Maps on the inside, baby. Come on. Come on. I got voice activated on the inside. Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. We found out you don't need somebody else to hear God for you. You can hear God yourself. And God doesn't lead us, we heard, from an outward sign. Nothing needs to line up. Nothing needs to line up. Just God, what do you say? It might not look like it. It might not look like this is the right decision, but I know you're talking to me about this. And so I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out. Listen to me. 
any time in my life that I have disobeyed and not leaned into that voice, there has always been a price to pay. Always missed it. Always did something I shouldn't have done. Always went down a path I shouldn't have gone. God will lead you. You are his children. You are his sheep. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Can you say amen? amen? So Father, that's what we pray today. Speak to us. Let us hear your voice as the song we've sung, as the word we've heard. Direction that we need, Father, this week, give it to us. Father, as we read the word, the wisdom of God, the voice of God is going to come loud and clear to us. So Father, we're just saying again, speak to us. Speak to us through the written word. Speak to us through the spoken word that as we hear through messages even today, direction is being given. Father, we're going to take the word of God. We're going to protect it. We're going to water it because we want it to be implanted in our life to produce fruit forever and ever for us and our families. Father, the particulars that we need this week and the upcoming months and the even years ahead, we believe as we hear you now, direction will be given that will protect us, will deliver us, will save us, will restore us, will cause us to be fruitful in whatever it is you're leading us in. And we're here to give you glory. We're here to give you praise and thanks for it. Come on, in Jesus' name, say amen and amen. Somebody give the Lord just a little praise. Come on, come on. Amen and amen. Come on, I love the Word of God. If you hadn't figured out, I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. Come on, I, I love the Word of God. Not because I'm a pastor, but I love the Word of God when I read it and all of a sudden it's just life comes and strength comes and hope comes and, and, and peace comes and joy comes and, and, and correction comes because God loves us. Come on, what a great, great day. Hey, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I know we're probably speaking to believers in the room and maybe online as well. Um, the best thing you can do is surrender your life to Jesus. Just say yes to him. So all over the room, if you've never prayed that prayer online as well, come on, repeat this prayer after me. If you need Jesus today, mean it in your heart. Say it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord, be my Savior forever and ever. I repent, I change my mind, and I change my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, and amen, amen, amen. Come on, that's your first step right there toward God doing something amazing in your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus is Lord. Come on. Great, great Sunday. You know.